Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 129. You have a responsibility as a filmmaker to get your art out into the world. You have no idea how your art, how your film can affect or change the life of another person. So get to work. Mongo Wilder. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, my indie film hustlers, to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Distriber. If you guys are trying to get your movies or feature films or even shorts onto Netflix, Hulu, Google Play, iTunes, Fandango, or any of the major streaming services, Distriber finally lets you in without having to go through a traditional distributor. And you keep 100% of all the revenues and your rights. So if you want more information, head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash sell my film. That's IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash sell my film. The show is also sponsored by Hollywood Camera Work. You guys are interested in learning how to direct actors and become a actor's director. Hollywood Camera Work has developed a amazing master course called Directing Actors, and it is almost 30 hours. And I've taken this course, and it is by far the most comprehensive directing actors course I have ever seen. So if you want to get access to this course, head over to HollywoodCameraWork.com and use the coupon code. Hustle to get 30% off. That's HollywoodCameraWork.com and use the coupon code Hustle. Now, one of the biggest questions I always get asked uh, wherever I go or through social media or emails or anything like that is, how do I make money selling movies? How do I make money making movies? Uh, And considering the horrible statistics that I think is 90 or 95% of all independent films do not make money or break even, which is a scary proposition. Why anybody would want to get into this business is beyond me. But as a businessman, but um, when you get bitten by that bug, it's real hard to let go. I got bitten by it uh, almost twenty over twenty years ago, and uh, I still can't get the vaccine for it. So <laughs> it's uh, it's something that's in your soul, it's in your heart, and you got to do it. So I'm here to try to help. You guys make money with your movies. Uh, I've done it in the past. I'm hopefully going to continue to do it in the future and try to figure out what that secret sauce is. What is the theory? What is the actual practical things that you can do to make 
a movie and make money with that movie and then repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat so you become a filmmaker, a full-time filmmaker, a full-time artist making money off of your art. And really, that's the dream, isn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing just to be able to just do what you love to do every day and get paid to do it in one way, shape, or form? Absolutely. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long t- for a long time, you guys know that I had a moment of weakness and I actually left the business uh, a few years ago to open up a gourmet shop here in Los Angeles. And during that uh, hellish time, <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot about business and and specifically how to run a business, how to create a product, how to make a profit and repeat and re- rinse and repeat. So I wanted to talk today a little bit about the the blueprint that I'm laying out for um, for making money in the film business, making money with movies. So I'm gonna just go over it and and really look at it from a business perspective. I'm not going to look at it as an artist. I'm going to look at it as a business because, as I've said before, I'm quoting Suzanne Lyons here, a good friend of mine. She says that the word there's a word show and there's a word business, and the and the word business has twice as many letters as the word show, and that is a there's a specific reason for that, guys. You have to understand your business. So, very first thing you have to understand is understand the initial cost of creating the factory that will build your product. Well, what does that mean? The the factory is your infrastructure, what you're going to use, the tool. So buying gear, building a team, post-production in, uh, infrastructures, how you're going to get your deliverables, how you're going to create and create this factory, this movie-making factory of yours. And now in today's world, it is so affordable, so, so, so affordable to be able to do it on your own. You can start with an iPhone. You can start with some free software, like you can get DaVinci Resolve for free. You can edit on it, you can color grade on it, and get your stuff out there It for free. You just have to get a computer. So computers fairly inexpensive today, comparatively to the olden days. So you can get a nice, powerful computer uh, inexpensively, uh, or rent one, or buy one, or, 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 or borrow one. Whatever it takes, do it. But understand you have to start building this factory. So you have to start creating an infrastructure, what camera you're going to buy. If you're going to need lights, are you going to borrow lights, are you going to rent lights, whatever it is. I'm looking at it as a business person, so I want to own my factory. I don't want to rent my factory as much. I want to be able to have the power to go and do what I want when I want. A lot of people out there don't have that option. But if you can, you could do it at a smaller level, DSLR. I mean, for under two grand, you can get a complete filmmaking package, you know, including post for under two grand, buying a, buying a Dell, getting a bunch of gear. I won't go into the details of it, but that's your job to figure out. You've got to help yourself create that factory. Go out there and get information about buying gear and then start putting a good team around you. Get good collaborators to help you build your product and your film is your product. So the next thing you have to understand is the cost of creating your product versus the return that you will get from selling your product. This alone is the most infuriating thing I run into in the film business with dealing with independent filmmakers. A lot of times, not a lot of times, I'm going to say 99.9% of the time, 
filmmakers, producers do not think about this simple business core idea. It's a simple idea. How much is your product going to cost? How much can you expect on return? And the reason why a lot of filmmakers don't get into that is because we're artists. And artists don't think about things like that. We, we just want to create art. And that's fine, okay? If you want to go create art, get a pen, pen and paper, write a script, write a book, get some uh, drawing paper and, and a pencil, draw something, get, a, get a, a guitar, start singing a song. Unfortunately for everyone listening to this podcast, our art form is extremely expensive. Probably one of the most expensive art forms next to maybe architecture that <laughs> exists in the world today. We need a lot of we need a lot of resources to create our art. So with that, because you've chosen this art form, you have a responsibility to yourself to be able to mo- monetize the art that you create. Now, with that said, if you're an artist and you just want to create videos and, and create arts and you want to create films for the artistic expression of it and not worry about making money, fine. More power to you. There is multiple ways you can do that. Buy your camera, buy your editing system, and start making your movies. And do it, and don't worry about how much you're going to make. God bless you all the way. But what I'm talking about in this specific podcast is someone who wants to make money to sustain themselves as an artist, to make a career for themselves, build a career, build a business of them of making their art and selling their art. And that and that means by I say art, I mean your films, your product, your series, your visual content, whatever it might be. So understanding the cost of your product, so understanding the cost of making your film versus what you feel you can make as a return on your investment. When I made my short film Broken all those years ago, I really didn't have a plan. I kind of was lucky enough to do what I did. But once I understood what I did, what I was going to do, I went full force. And what did I mean by that? For again, if, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I did this little short film about a decade ago now uh, called Broken. I made the movie for $8,000 and I was able to generate over $90,000 in revenue and continue to make revenue today with it based on understanding these principles that I'm going to lay out for you today. And I'm not, I'm not doing something that has not been done before. I mean, if you if you study Joe Swansburg, you know, he's a, a, a very well-known director and he has done probably about 30, 35 feature films at this point in the game and now just released a a show on uh, Netflix, a series on Netflix. He's very legendarily known for shooting six feature films in one year. I'm going to put in the show notes, by the way, the show notes, of course, are at IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 129. In the show notes, I'm going to put a link to his South by Southwest uh, talk. It's about an hour long about how what the realities of making a living in the business are. He makes art films. He makes small art films with no stars in it when he was starting out. Now he makes movies with stars in it, of course, but when he was starting out, he did not have stars. He had friends, but he made his movies for $2,000, $3,000, and then he knew that he would be able to sell those movies and make five or six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 sometimes. So when he did that, he's like, okay, I need to make, in order to make so much money a year to support my family, I need to sell six of these. 
at $8,000 each. That's going to give me 48 grand minus what it costs to make. That's going to be enough to keep my roof over my head, food on the table, and move on as an artist. And that's what he did. He made six movies in one year because he already had the output deal. He already had a place where he was going to sell it. So he knew exactly what his return was going to be when he started making his product. Now, a lot of us don't know that. With Meg, I have really no idea what kind of return I'm going to make on Meg. But I do understand that I will make some money on Meg and I will be able to get a healthy return on the money that we've invested in making that movie. And you guys will get front row seat (laughs) as I document that process moving forward. But understand, keep the budget of your film low enough where you can feel you can make a healthy return on your investments. Look at the studios. The stu- do you think of a, a major uh, one of the major studios is going to spend two hundred million dollars plus another hundred and fifty million dollars in advertising? So a three hundred and fifty million dollar nut that they've got to cover. Do you think they're going to do that without having a very clear idea of where they feel they're going to make their money back? Sure. There are the bombs, the absolute bombs, like the Alice in Wonderland remake that just came out through the looking glass. That was a complete bomb. Lone Ranger, another huge bomb, miscalculation. But as a general statement, all, even movies that they don't think they're going to make that much movie still make enough uh, much money, still make a lot. Batman versus Superman, they were expecting over a billion. They didn't reach that target. But it still made seven, eight hundred million, something along those lines. That's a lot of money, and they got a return on their investment, plus all the ancillary revenue streams, which we'll talk about in a minute. But keep that in mind, guys. Don't don't go out and make a million-dollar first feature unless you are with a producer who has an understanding of where they're going to make their money back. Because I, I guarantee you this, guys. If you make a movie for a million bucks that makes no money, the chances of you getting another million-dollar movie is very, very rare. Because making a million-dollar movie as a first-time director or even as a up-and-coming director is a rarity in itself, let alone try to do it twice. Now, you make a movie for 10 grand and you sell it for 30, make 30 grand on it, guess what? You're a successful filmmaker. So then a businessman, an investor would go, well, if he made a $10,000 movie and was able to make 30000 if I gave him 50000 could he turn that into 150000 Could he even double my money? Could he make it into 100000 I wonder. That's the key to growing your, your career and your business. Understand the cost of your product versus the return. Now, the next core concept you have to understand is understand your customer and how to engage with them. In other words, marketing. You have to understand who your customer is. When I'm going to use Broken again, my when I started to go out selling mar, uh, selling Broken, I knew who my customer was. My customer was other independent filmmakers, and I was going to show them how I made my movie. Back then, there was no uh, not many options for this kind of information. Now there's just <laughs> I can't even explain how much information there is out there. But back then, it was a desert. I was the only one. I knew what my market was, and I went after it. And because I went after it, without ever spending money on advertising, by the way, I always did this guerrilla style. I was able to generate a good return on my investment because I understood who my customer was because the customer was me. I understood who I was, and I understood what I wanted, so I translated that to my customer, which were other independent filmmakers. 
One idea that you guys have to understand is when marketing to your core audience, once you understand who your audience is, the first thing you have to do is provide value. Provide value to that customer. Don't just shout at them. Don't just, hey, hey, look at me. Look at my movie. Rent my movie. Do my thing. Do that. You can't do that, guys. There's too much noise in the world. You cannot compete with the studios who have the money to blast that message out into the world in ways that you will never be able to do. So you have to be more strategic about it. You have to be more low cost about it. Provide value. So what does that mean, provide value? It all depends on what kind of movie you have. You can give inspirational quotes. You can do clips of your movie. You can do uh, educational uh, content. You can do funny content that entertains them for free, for free, because you give it away a little bit for free first. Then if they like it, trust me, if they enjoy the content and you provide enough value, they will buy the final product. This is the new way of marketing. You have to understand that that this is the olden days of buying an ad in a newspaper or in a magazine or buying ads somewhere else is not the way to do it. Sure, Facebook and Google, excellent ways. If you are going to spend money to uh, to advertise, those two ways are excellent. Why? Because they understand their customers so well that I can pinpoint exactly who I want to see my ad or my content sent to. It is genius, and we'll do a whole other podcast. We have an entire course in the syndicate about Facebook ads and the power of Facebook ads on how to just strategically target like a scalpel, just strategically target your audience that you want to see your message. So provide value, use social media, build your audience, build an email list that you can continuously talk to your audience. You know, where does your customer go to hang out? If wherever they go, hang out there and engage with them. Start building that rapport. You need this audience in order to sell your product. Now, you're going. To, a lot of you are out there saying, "Alex, I don't have an audience. I don't know how to build an audience." You know, like, well, you know what? Make your first product, make your first film, and then start engaging with that that little audience, whatever that audience is that you've already identified. Start engaging with them once you have your product. That'll start building your building your brand, building yourself, building uh, a, f- a future a customer base. Remind, remember, guys, you don't need a lot of people to buy a nine ninety nine uh, buy on iTunes or a three ninety nine rental. You don't need a lot of people to 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 make a good amount of money. You know, in the grand scope of things, thousand, two thousand, in the grand scope of the world, that's not a lot of people. You can do it. It is possible. But you have to start doing it little by little. And that is the other little thing on a side note here. This is not one of our core principles, though it should be. But understand something. Consistency. In order to be successful, you have to be consistent. You have to show up every day, every day and start building and building. Look what I've been able to do with Indie Film Hustle. I started it from nothing. I had been out of the game for three years. No one had even heard of me. And I just showed up and started implementing many of the core concepts that I'm telling you right now. It's a lot of work and it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. But if you stay with it and you continue to do it, 
I guarantee you it will pay off in one way, shape, or form by creating that action, by creating work, content, something. It will pay off in one way, shape, or form. I guarantee it. I guarantee it will happen, but it'll take time. It could be a year. It could be 10 years. But I guarantee you, you show up every day for work and you start pushing and pushing and pushing and start building that audience and start creating content and start putting it out there. It will work. Look at the YouTube generation. Look what these guys have been able to do. These vloggers, some of these vloggers show up every day. They have a daily vlog. That means they shoot their show and edit it all in the same day and output and output and upload. That's all they do all the time. And I guarantee you when they first started out, they didn't have anything. They didn't have many uh, many subscribers or audience. But because they kept showing up every day and kept pushing every day, that audience built. So at first, when you're on YouTube, you're like, oh, you know, I'm making you know, a dollar a month, uh, $2 a month off of ad revenue. Sure, at the beginning, that's the way it works out. It worked out like that for me when I started uploading these podcasts to YouTube. It wasn't a lot of money. You know, it was just a little money. And then now, because I've been all the time, kept putting it up, all of a sudden, there's 150 videos. So now I have all those little those little pieces of content generating a cent here, a cent there. And all of a sudden, it starts adding up. So imagine in two, three years, you know, what will happen if you continue down this path. Keep showing up. So you make one movie. Let's say you can make two movies in a year. And you put those out there and then you start selling those movies. Well, while you're making a new movie, that other movie is still generating income for you. So you can continue to make new movies. It's what the studios have done, guys. It just It's a blueprint that the studios have put out since the beginning of the film industry. You make one movie. Then you make another movie. Then you make another movie. All of a sudden, you have a library. And that library becomes valuable. And that library is generating revenue streams for you. And I'll get to revenue streams in a minute. So the next core concept that you have to understand is understand how you're going to get your product to your customer. In other words, distribution. Understand your distribution outlets. Understand how you're going to get it out there. So you're going to get it out there by you know, renting a space somewhere, put a bunch of chairs up, put a bunch of ads out or, or, or put the word out and, get, and charge five bucks a head at the door. That's one way. That's a way to make money. You've got to think about different distribution outlets. You know, look at um, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, who's built this insane empire, what they, he did is he just took his plays on the road. Before he started making movies, he took his plays on the road. He literally did what I just said. Rented a space, put on a show, put the word out, and he collected money. And every time he would make more money. And he kept going and going and going and going until he, now he has the empire that he has. Whether you like his movies or not, whether you like him or not, it doesn't matter. It's about what he's been able to do on a business standpoint. He understood his customer and then he went after that customer and gave them value and gave them something that they weren't, they weren't getting anywhere else. So he was able to build up an empire based on that simple core idea. So understand your distribution options. And I'm going to talk about revenue streams in a second. But understand your different distribution options and also the cost of distribution. So a lot of times people don't think about this, especially when they're making their movies. They forget about post-production, obviously, because that's where everyone forgets their money. (laughs) Uh, But after the movie's done, they're like, oh, okay, now I need deliverables. 
oh, I, I, I need to... I need to all right. So first of all, you need deliverables. Well, deliverables could be very expensive, guys, depending on what deliverables you need. You need a DCP, eight hundred to a thousand bucks. A DCP, digital cinema package. That's what's going to be shown in a theater or at any major festival. You're going to need it, eight hundred to a thousand bucks. Great. Now you're going to also need an HD Cam SR or HD SR uh, tape, uh, 1080p master. That's going to run you uh, for a feature film about uh, twelve hundred bucks, twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollars, depending on where you go. Okay. So there's that cost. Now, all your audio de- deliverables. Uh, a, there's a ton, ton of different costs involved. Hard drives. Just people forget about the cost of hard drives. Backing things up. Archiving your, your material, where that's all going to go. All these things are costs. So you have to understand your cost of distribution. And then there's other costs of distribution, like if you're going to self-distribute, well, if you're going to go through someone like a distributor, there's going to be a cost involved with inserting your movie into iTunes into Netflix, into any of these, co- there's a cost involved. It's not a huge cost, but it's a cost, upfront cost, okay? So understand those costs and incorporate them in the cost of creating your product, okay? Understand that cost of creating your product. That's all the whole picture. So put that in the math of when it, you're like, well, it's going to cost me 10000 bucks to make my movie. Is it? Or is it going to cost you $15,000, including deliverables? You have to think about this stuff. You know, you have to think about all the way through the entire life cycle, the entire uh, journey of that film, creating that product. You have to understand. So for me, when I had my olive oil uh, and gourmet shop, I needed to get the cost of, of finding the, the olive oil, the cost of creating the bottle, the cost of printing the bottle, the cost of the corks, the, the seal that went on top of it, the manpower that is to create it, the rent to store it, where I'm going to store all of my inventory. All of these things had to be put together in order to get a, a, a really clear return on that bottle. So if my, my cost to create that bottle was $3 and uh, $350, $450, okay, and I sold it for $20, Okay, does that include my rent? That does include my gas? Does it include all the other uh, insurance and taxes and everything else? Or am I deluding myself? So think about those things when creating your product. Understand the cost of distribution and your and understand the multiple different different options you have in distribution and how you're going to get that product to that customer. You have to also think outside the box, guys. Don't go traditional. Don't think you're just going to go to a distributor and the distributor is going to handle everything for you. It doesn't work that way, okay? It doesn't work that way. And I'm going to teach you, I'm going to give you a really quick, really quick little piece of advice here. If you go with a traditional distributor, which I have in the past, and I've dealt with many of them, they're wonderful. There's, there's many that are wonderful. But on a business standpoint, if, if a distributor picks up your movie and they feel that they can make so much money with your movie, they'll put energy towards it. They might even put some resources towards it. If that does not start returning money right away, they will drop it. They will not focus energy on it. Why? Because they're a business and they have to keep the lights on, keep their overhead going. I understand and sympathize with traditional distributors. They got to do they got they're a business. They have to run a business. So filmmakers because they have art, they have their art and they're like, "Oh, this distributor screwed me." They they felt that they could make some money. 
They didn't make the money. They're going to move on. They'll just dump it. They'll throw it up on somewhere and not push it or not give anything. But if they feel like they can make some money with it, oh boy, they're going to put all their resources and energy and money behind it. But they have to feel like they're going to make money with it. So that's the really scary thing about going with a distributor. You have to trust that they're going to do what they're going to say they're going to do and not drop bait and run the second they feel that they're not going to make money with it. That's why I feel so strongly about self-distribution now because, and again, at a certain point, you know, if you're making a movie that costs a million bucks, self-distribution as your only option and your only distribution strategy, it's going to be tough unless you have a huge audience and you really understand a lot of these core concepts that I, and you've really built it all out, then yeah, you could do it. I, there's a guy, uh, Range 15, the movie Range 15. I'll put a link to it in the description. They've made over seven figures doing self-distribution completely, but they have a massive audience and understand that audience very well and speak to that audience very well. But they are literally a bunch of nobodies in the film industry. And I am going to try to get uh, the director and producer on the show. I'm working hard to get them on because I want them to tell you their story. It's amazing. And they did go through Distriber as well. So that's how I learned about them. So the next core idea, the next core concept that you have to understand is understand revenue streams. Revenue streams. And that's something that they don't that most filmmakers don't even understand the concept of revenue streams. What's a revenue stream? Exactly that. A stream of money coming towards you, the filmmaker, you, the company that created your product. Okay? So multiple revenue streams. Unlike a single product like a bottle of olive oil, once I sell that product, that's the end of that revenue stream. I have to look for different distribution outlets for me to get my product sold out there as opposed to the arts because the arts can be enjoyed by multiple people, not just... So one product, meaning a movie, can be seen by millions of different... I could sell that one product to millions upon millions upon millions of people. Whereas I'm going to sell a physical product, I can only sell one physical product to one person at a time. So that is the main difference and really the exciting part about being in the film business and creating... Uh, art that you can actually sell in this manner, in the visual arts or in music. So, different revenue streams. DVD and Blu-ray, still very viable, still a good option. Think about how you can do it. And there is a cost involved to create it, even though you might go through Amazon and do Create Space, where they will just you know uh, print it up as needed, so there'll be no cost to you, uh, but you'll lose a little bit more money on it. But hey, if you don't have the money to do everything you need to do to create Blu-rays and and DVDs, that might be an option for you. TVOD, Transactional Video On Demand. That's your iTunes. That's going to be your Xbox, your PlayStation, all of these places where people will buy or rent your movie, your Amazons, uh, before it goes into Prime or anything like that. These are places where people can buy and rent your movie for cost. That's the first window that you have. Transactional Video On Demand, TVOD. Next would be SVOD, subscription VOD, that's your Netflix, that's your Hulus, that's your Amazon Primes, those kind of places. Those are where you finish off the run of your movie. Those are different revenue streams. Now, what are some other revenue streams? So you've got, obviously, theatrical. If you want to be able to put on a show, uh, you can do it at a local church. You could do it at an auditorium at a school, or you can actually rent out spaces. You can go through Tug. 
uh, to get out theatrical and actual movie theaters. You can go directly to those movie theaters and see if you can do a revenue split. There's multiple different ways to get the movie out there. Uh, and this is not a distribution talk. There's going to be multiple of those coming up uh, and have some big stuff coming up in regards to uh, the self-distribution revenue streams that I'm going to be creating for Meg. So you'll get a lot more detail of that in the future. I'm just kind of going over these revenue streams so you understand the basic concepts. But what are some other things you can do? Well, what did I do with Broken? Instead of just creating the movie because the movie wasn't enough, I created a guerrilla film school, a three-and-a-half-hour tutorial on how I was able to make that. That's creating another way to sell that movie. So now all of a sudden the movie became a secondary thing where everybody really wanted was how I did it. So that was that became a part of my revenue stream strategy. By creating that extra extra content, it became my 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 product became more valuable. So you have to think other ways out to create more value from your product than just the product alone. This is the world we live in today, guys. So what is that? So if you're a, <clears throat> let's say you're a filmmaker and you make a movie about a vegan chef, I always use the vegan chef, wouldn't it be cool in the DVD or in video special downloads or something like that, you put out a bunch of different vegan recipes. You have a chef come in that maybe maybe somebody that helped you on the movie comes in, you film them out, you create content, you start creating that content, whether you give that content away or you create it as exclusive downloads or something, all of a sudden you're adding more value to your product. Think about how you can add more value to your product, okay? How about workshops? How about creating a workshop? You know, Jillian and I have been talking about doing maybe a stand-up, a stand-up comedy workshop for comedians out there who wanna learn how to do stand-up or how to do improv, you know, that's our audience for Meg. So maybe we'll do some of those uh, here in Los Angeles or go around the country. I don't know. It's an idea. I could do workshops about filmmaking, how I was able to do it, and so on. Another way of generating revenue for this product. So I'm using the product as an advertising to get people in the door. It's something that can be done, and it's more guerrilla, and it's a little bit more work. But you know what? It's a way of making revenue, and if you want to put the work in, you can make revenue with it. How about merch? Merchandise, T-shirts, hats, uh, whatever kind of merchandise your audience wants that's spun off. Look at, I mean, Kung Fury is the king of this. Go look. I'll put that in the show notes. Kung Fury is that short film that this guy made over in Sweden, and they have the most amazing merch for a short film. They were able to do something with that movie that I've never been able, I've never seen another short film do. It's fascinating how they were able to do it. So think about other ways you can start creating revenue from your product, from that one product. There's multiple ways. Again, look at the studios. Look at the studios. What do they do? Look at Disney. That's the best. They're the best example of that. So they just released Star Wars Rogue One a little while ago. And how much money do you think they've made? Sure, they've made about a billion dollars in the theater. Now it's going to go through all the different distributions between TVOD, SVOD, DVD, Blu-ray, all that kind of stuff. And then let's not mess around with the merch. They're probably going to make another billion dollars or two on merch alone. They're really maximizing that product. You know, I know for a fact that Frozen made over a billion dollars theatrically, not to mention all the millions and billions of dollars they made on DVD, Blu-ray, all that kind of good stuff, VOD and, and so on. They made also, and I know this for a fact, 
They made a billion dollars on the dresses, the Elsa and Anna dresses for little girls. Just off the dress. Talk about understanding how to maximize your profits and maximize your different revenue streams per project, per product. So obviously we would all love to have make a billion dollars off addresses, <laughs> but understand at a smaller scale, this concept is extremely powerful for you as a filmmaker. Understand revenue streams. Understand how to think outside the box about your specific product, your specific film, and how you can generate multiple revenue streams from that product. And I'm going to leave you today with the one thing that I've said multiple times on this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Stop with the lottery ticket mentality. I know a lot of you filmmakers out there will go, well, I'm just going to make my movie, I'm going to get into Sundance, and I'm going to make millions of dollars. It doesn't work. Stop it. Stop it, please. What I've just laid out to you is a blueprint on how you can make money with your movie. You make a movie for a thousand bucks, you sell it for two thousand, you've doubled your money. That's a good business. You make you, the next movie you make for a thousand bucks. And maybe all the stuff that you learned off the first movie, you're able to make three to four thousand bucks on your movie. Holy crap. Now you're a, you're a super successful business person. Seriously. Like most business people would kill for that kind of return. Mind you, it's not large, but on a percentage base, it's amazing. So now on the next movie, you might have been able to generate $5,000 to create that product. And off that $5,000 product, you've now learned or had opportunities that have come to you purely because you're in action and doing things that you're able to generate $15,000 off that $5,000 investment. And all of a sudden, this is starting to get serious. So maybe the next one you take is $10,000 and you make $30,000. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy crap, I just made twenty grand. You know? If you've done everything right, you might not have to pay anybody else. You might have crowdfunded. You might not have to pay anybody. And you just generated a, a tremendous amount of money. So the next one you might take is 20000 You can generate 60000 with that or more and so on. It could be taken. This, this little idea I just throw down on you could take you three years, four years. But at the end of the two or three, four years, wouldn't it be amazing that you could generate, depending on where you live in, your, in, in the country or in the world, you know, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to generate a livable wage, a livable income by making movies, by generating your art, by creating videos, creating content for the world? Wouldn't that be amazing? It's possible. It's doable. But you have to want to do it. You have to be able to put in the time, the effort, the energy to learn about what I just laid out Go deeper into each of these concepts and build yourself a career because in today's world, you can do it. There's no doubt in my mind because I'm doing it. I've done it. I did it 10 years ago when there was no, none of the opportunities that there are today. None of them. Okay? I was able to do it 10 years ago. So for God's sakes, you can do it now. Understand your niche, understand your product, and go after it, okay? You can do it. You have the ability to do it. And if you understand these concepts that I've just laid out for you in this episode, you will be successful, okay? Show up, do the work, 
and make some movies, guys. We want to see them. There's a lot of people out there that want to see good content that will change their lives or entertain them or take them out of the crazy world that we're in today. You know, maybe escape for an hour and a half. It's your responsibility to do it. As Mongo Wilder says, it is your responsibility to create your art and get it out there because you have no idea how it will affect another human being or how it could change another human being's life. All right? I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Um, if you want to get any of the things talked about in this episode, head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 129 for the show notes. I will have Kung Fury on there. I will have Joe Swansburg on there and uh, and everything else we talked about in this episode. And guys, this week, Sundance starts. You know, I'm going to be there uh, flying in later this week. So I'll be there for about four to five days. Uh, so I'm going to be doing interviews. Uh, I'm going to be doing a ton of interviews up there. We're going to be doing some uh, live podcasting. Not live, but, you know, recorded and get it up in the same day kind of podcasting, hopefully. Uh, we're going to be creating a bunch of content for the uh, for the for the YouTube channel. I got a bunch of surprises for you. And, of course, if you want to come and see me speak over at Slam Dance, I'm doing a workshop for Black Magic Design discussing my post-production process for creating This Is Meg, talking about how I edited on DaVinci Resolve, how I color graded it, and how I shot it on a Blackmagic uh, Cinema Camera 2.5. And of course, I'll put a link in the description on how I built that rig, uh, that crazy rig that I, I shot This Is Meg on. I'll put that also in the show notes as well. So if you want to come to this free um, workshop that we're going to be giving over at Slam Dance, it's on Saturday, January 21st from 2.30 to 4.30 at the Filmmaker's Lounge in the Treasure Mountain Inn at the top of the hill. Get ready. It's a hike if you guys are going to be on Main Street, but it's definitely worth it. I'm going to be joined by Andrew McPhillips, who will discuss uh, his latest movie, The Doll, and how he shot with the Ursa Mini. And, of course, I'll be talking about everything I just described. And then afterwards, you can join uh, Black Magic and myself uh, for, uh, for a little mixer, a little happy hour between 5 and 7 p.m. at the Filmmaker's Lounge uh, where you can ask questions, demo gear, and it's just going to be fun. So if uh, any of the tribe members are at Slam Dance or Sundance on Saturday, come by and say hi. I'd love to talk to you guys. It'd be great. I'm going to be there for a little while. So reach out to me. And by the way, if you guys if you guys are at Slam Dance or at Sundance uh, during the next, uh, you know, basically from Thursday or from Friday until like mid next week sometime, um, hit me up on, on my iMessage on Facebook, email me. And uh, if I'm around, we'll see if we can get maybe get a little uh, tribe together uh, for some coffee or some drinks or something like that somewhere on Main Street. It'd be very, very cool. So many exciting things are afoot at this festival this year. So uh, I cannot wait to uh, to share all this cool stuff uh, and new content I'm going to be creating for you guys uh, and hopefully give you an inside look at uh, a lot of stuff going on at Sundance and Slam Dance this year. So Guys, also, if you like this episode and, and, and really like the podcast, but specifically this episode, share it. Send it to your friends. Get the word out there. You know, Share it with people that you re- really think that needs this information because I want this info to get out there to as many filmmakers as possible. It's super powerful stuff. Uh, and if you really understand these concepts, you can make a living. You can build a career uh, as a filmmaker. And I wish they would teach you this stuff in film school, but they don't. And that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) So guys, as always, keep that hustle going. Keep that dream alive. And I'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.